if you're not you and I'm not me, meaning your personality, my personality, your character, my character, if you take that away, then what are we as human beings, as beings of consciousness? We're literally just in a physical sense, at least. We're literally just a piece of meat with some chemicals up in this part of the body, and that's about it, pretty much. That's essentially what it is. If you took away our character, our persona, our ego, everything about us as a person, which is why this is something that, ironically, the English language has a little bit of trouble, I guess we could say, explaining and elaborating, maybe because we don't even fully understand it. Some people define it as the soul. Other people define it as personality, as your id, as your ego, what have you. But I think... And I'm very confident in this. The CIA has figured this out to a very large extent. Now, before we jump into the good bits, we first need to establish what Project MK Ultra was. Now, there's a very good chance that most of you watching right now have at the very least heard of MK Ultra. If not, you'll know right now. So very quickly, according to Wikipedia, MK Ultra was also the CIA's mind control program. Is the code name given to a program of experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, some of which were illegal end quote. Long story short, they pretty much used drugs and mind control techniques from universities and took students and pretty much gave them experimentations that were not permissible, that they didn't give permission for them to do them on. And they also took prisoners from prisons as well. So, you know, Whitey Bulger would be a good example. Or even I believe the Unabomber was also a prime example of someone who was a subject to MK Ultra when he was at university. I think his name was Ted Kaczynski without even realizing. Anyways, that's MK Ultra. Everyone knows it was a very vast and substantial experiment that the CIA said failed, even though it's been argued that MK Ultra never really ended. Because if you listen to people like Al Bailek and many other whistleblowers, it's been said that at the very minimum, 10 million Americans have been affected through some type of mind control technology or mind control frequency altering uh, apparatus, if you will. However, let's move on. Now, what's interesting is one of the key components to MKUltra was, um, believe it or not, magazines, like literally magazines. And so what happened was the CIA tried to buy up a bunch of university newspapers to flip the political narrative within those newspapers to see if it could influence the minds of the students at those universities. Now, yes, there was no technology involved or anything like this at that phase of the experiment, and it did in fact work. Because when you persuade the narrative of the general outlets that you receive your information and news from, you change the whole the whole ball game. It's literally uh, an information war for your mind, literally, right? But what if you could take it one step further than that? What if it can get to the point where the ink on those magazines actually creates some type of diluted residual particle that we cannot see with the naked eye? But if absorbed and inhaled while reading that magazine, there would be some form of short-term mind control going on. That is exactly what they did. Now, let me carry on. So... What happens when an economy is not doing well? The U.S. government tries to prop it up. Very simple. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But what happens when the U.S. government props up the economy and people still are not going out shopping and going out to buy things? What happens then? I'll tell you exactly what happens. They initiate this read and destroy program, which there's a bit of a pun intended there, again, kind of a use of the silly names and terms they've used before, but they initiate a read and destroy program that harnesses all of Lexicon's magazines, and I'll get to Lexicon in a second, that essentially emits a compressed form of substantiative substance atomic particles that we cannot see, but we can actually inhale. 
through our noses and through obviously our respiratory system that provides short-term mind control, not long-term, short-term. Why is this? Because when you are controlled in the short-term, you make impulsive decisions that you then look back on later in the day, later in the week, later in the month, or later in the year and say, oh, I didn't realize I did that. So it's kind of like, you know, when you get up in the morning and you kind of feel like a zombie or there were certain parts of your day where you really felt zombie like you were there, but you also weren't in a mental sense. And then you get home later that day and you say, whoa, I did that. I I went to buy that newspaper, right? Or I went to go check out that uh, that computer. You know, those kind of feelings that is a residual effect of these mind control programs. Now, before I get into that, I just want to talk about one more thing that was brought up by a fine gentleman on reddit so i'd like to thank him for this these words are not my own so i do not want to say they are however here we are and i quote there was a company in the early 2000s called time domain they still exist and sell range sensors for specialized applications but they invented a method of communication known as uwb ultra wide band their patents were classified in the u.s government and it never made it to consumer production these were essential non-hertz communications devices Yes, that sounds weird, but rather than using a modulated carrier frequency to carry information, which is how our entire over-the-air communications work, it relied on the senders and receivers using a precisely timed and synchronized clock system. So there was no carrier frequency. Time was the carrier, thus the name time domain, end quote. So it's literally like not sending information via frequencies, literally using those frequencies. Because Nikola Tesla proposed that if we were to measure frequencies in a different way or study something called non-Hertzian frequencies, we would actually be able to send and harness those frequencies instead of just sending information on top of it. It's kind of like riding a horse or becoming the horse. There's a big difference there. So it's like you getting on the back of a horse and to go for a horse ride, or you literally morph into the horse. That's the difference in terms of how the information could be carried, right? So the next thing I want to mention is that when we put all this together and we take a step back, we then have to take a look at what occurred after Hitler uh, was found dead or killed himself and what have you. There was a drug Hitler was working on called DIX drug. Now, the DIX drug was what the, the Nazis called the wonder drug, essentially being able to harness soldiers' energies because they needed more literal manpower if they wanted to continue to fight the war. However, there was something else to it as well. It increased substantially short-term psychological influence through the usage of the pineal gland. Now, I did bring this up in yesterday's episode, the pineal gland, so I don't want to get too much into it today in addition to yesterday. However, we need to understand and comprehend the fact that there's something the CIA is aware of that they are simply not telling us. And let's look at it in this way. Back in the early 70s, from the church and warren commissions the cia admitted to having a heart attack gun where they literally pointed a gun at any creature with a consciousness or a heartbeat let's say uh, of any kind and they pulled the trigger and it would literally give the anyone a human an animal anything a heart attack so if they could do that and that was publicized and they were pissed off about that being publicized but even then that was not their most secret weapon or most secret form of mind control what else do they have and this was in the early 70s Right. And I know that sounds corny and cheesy for me to say, oh, what else do they have? However, let's move on. So very recently, there was a recent declassification of millions of CIA UFO documents under the Freedom of Information Act that is now at the blackvault.com from a gentleman. I don't know his exact name and I don't want to say because he hasn't given me permission to. But this gentleman here 
essentially fought for years to have these UFO reports declassified from the CIA. Now, what's interesting is, and I'm putting the picture up on the screen right now for those on YouTube, is if you read through the vast majorities, uh, majority of these reports, most of these people were either reading a newspaper, purchasing a newspaper, reading a magazine, or purchasing a magazine. Why is that the case? Because there is ink infilled within these magazines that allow this mind control to happen. Now, you might then say, Dave, what's the point? Well, the point is that if we go back to what I was talking about at the beginning of this episode, in order to stimulate the economy, the most basic thing one can do is simply make a purchase. But what happens when you have that happening in volume and in quantity and in mass? You stimulate the economy, increase the GDP, therefore it just looks better in so many different areas and people don't even realize that they were being controlled temporarily, right? Now, the next thing I want to talk about as well is that when we take a look at the CIA chemist by the name of Sidney Gottlieb, who died in 1999, he essentially admitted that in a phone call interview in 1998, the year before he died, in a phone call interview saying that a lot of the poisoning substances they have received come from them. And then he quickly cut himself off and said, I'm sorry, I have to go by, hung up the phone, the interview ended. Who is them? I'm pretty sure I know who them is. And I'm pretty sure you guys know who them is as well. The next thing is that we're going to take a look at Lexicon, as I mentioned earlier in the episode. So here's their website. The, and I quote, the Lexicon group, group is exclusively dedicated to the magazine and book publishing, as well as the nonprofit industry sectors. Our expert publishing consultants have successfully assisted a long list of organizations, both private, nonprofit, and a quote, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, they're a publishing consulting company. However, they focus mainly on nonprofits. Why is that important? It is significant because when you are a nonprofit company, you don't have to file your taxes. You don't have to report nearly as much as you do as if you were a LLC, a corporation, a proprietary uh, ownership of, of a small company, of a small business, anything like that. You don't have to report a single thing. And this is not coincidental. The CIA has been known to use NGOs, non-government organizations, and other dummy companies and non-for-profits all the time because not only does it give them limitless international boundaries because they could say they're doing work for the sake of you know the benefit of mankind when they're really just uh, another branch of the CIA, but it acts as one of the most basic disguises that spies in the KGB, in the Mossad, in the MI6 have all used before, right? So the next thing that I want to cover very interestingly enough too is that when we take a look at a lot of, the, of these declassified UFO patents that were classified by the United States Air Force and the CIA, what we'll notice is that the measurement of a lot of these patents, and I'm putting the pictures up right now, are not specified. Why is that? Because I have information that I will be revealing within the next week or so to you guys, and keep my word, I take my word on that, that reveals the fact that UFO designs are not only attributable and can be applied to flying craft and things like this, but can also be applied on a very microscopic level, which only goes to show the understanding of these aliens and beings that advancement and the way in which they apply this overall philosophical visualization to whether it's you know objects they use to fly or objects they use to literally I guess apply to anything and so when we look at these patents what we'll see here is this is the same type of mechanism used as the ink poisoning uh, apparatuses that the CIA uses when it comes to mind control. So let's go over this very quickly when we take a look at all this here's what we're going to understand we have MK Ultra we have the wonder drug that was taken up a project that the Allies said Hitler failed on, but the the Allies, specifically the Americans and the CIA, seem to continue on, which therefore led to an evolution 
in a particular type of ink and substance that could be printed on magazines and newspapers, and when opened up or unfolded, emits an everlasting sort of spray that essentially can be inhaled at a very subatomic level that can be inhaled by those reading it, which then has a form of short-term mind control. Now, you might say, Dave, okay, why is this the case? Why wouldn't this be done with, you know, frequencies or things like this? Well, what happens when you don't want to emit frequencies because of such a broad, uncoordinated, unspecified target? It's kind of like just throwing snow all over the place when really all you need is a little snowball because this ink gets to more specified targets. Now, is it to say that these citizens were targets? Sadly, yes. But ultimately, this is the case. They influence these people in order to get them to purchase things to stimulate the economy. And also, ironically enough, it seems like they were using this in order to control the narrative of a lot of these UFO reports that have just been declassified. So in theory, they've declassified millions of UFO reports, but they seem to have been curated by this form of mind control. So please let me know what you guys think. There's a lot of things that add up here that I think ultimately we should... uh, we should look into even more. This is I know that mind control isn't exactly the most exciting topic, but to me personally, what's interesting is where this technology came from, how it was harnessed, particularly this liquid substance that seemed to, according to uh, this Sidney Gottlieb, the poisoner, poisoner in chief of the CIA who died in 1999, according to him, this is not even elemental within the attainable elements of Earth. So clearly this is something that does not come from Earth. So let me know what you guys think and we will catch you guys tomorrow. Thank you very much.